The AAPA conference is coming up May 18th through 22nd in Houston. I'm so sad that I will not be there, but some of my favorite people will be. So I want to make sure that y'all know who to look out for. So if you're heading down to the conference, make sure you go by the Blueprint and Rosh Review table. They're giving away all kinds of stuff stethoscopes, seats in the review course. They're talking about how Rosh Review has joined Blueprint and what that looks like. But definitely go stop by, say hi, get some swag, tell them I said hello, uh, and it'll be a really good time. I'm sure y'all will have an awesome time in Houston. Make sure you go to Torchy's Tacos, my absolute favorite, and spend some time in the exhibit hall exploring we know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for QBanks, pants review courses, now is the time. And usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. I am so excited to introduce you to some of our coaches who are some of the most awesome PAs I know and to tell you their stories. Today we're going to hear from Emma. She is a gastroenterology or GI PA and she's gonna tell you all about her journey. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of the Pre-PA Club Podcast. I want to take a second just to thank you for listening, especially if you are a long-term, long-term, long-time listener, or if you are new here, welcome. I really want this to be a space where we are just helping to spread the word about the PA profession and help any interested students kind of find out more about it, make the process a little bit easier, and hopefully, you know, learn something along the way. Uh, I'm Savannah. I am the host. I am a dermatology PA in Georgia. If you've been listening for a while, you're probably sick of hearing me say that, but I feel like for anyone new, just so you know a little bit about me, I went to the University of Georgia. I was a biology major, and then I went straight into PA school where I went to Augusta University, and I have been working in dermatology since I graduated, which is over seven years now, which is crazy, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and I enjoy what I do, and I, my backup plan was to be a college advisor, so that's how I got into doing stuff and created the PA platform to help me kind of continue advising and just helping people figure out what they want to do and how to do it, and so that's what we do. Um, so I, this season, I, I, we have some new coaches, and I realized I haven't really introduced you guys to them, and a lot of them do really cool stuff and have really cool stories. And so I'm bringing a few of them on the podcast as interviewers so that you will get to hear more about them. So Emma, who you're going to hear from today, uh, she has a really interesting um, story about being a reapplicant and kind of what that process was for her and um, what her PA school process was like. And then we talk a little bit about how she found a job in the specialty she was interested in and what that looked like. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. You're going to hear from Emma, and you can always use the code FUTUREPA for a discount on any of our services. So a lot of our coaches do mock interviews and do pre-PA counseling and edit essays. Uh, if you ever want somebody specifically, let us know. But um, you can find all that information at thepaplatform.com. 
or feel free to email me or reach out on social media if you ever have a question about anything. So we'll hear from Emma and I will put a little bit more about her in the description and I hope you enjoy this. So my name is Emma. I'm 28 years old. Um, I currently live in Philadelphia, but like I mentioned to you, my husband and I recently um, bought a home in the Philadelphia suburbs and we'll be moving in just a couple of days. Um, honestly, I was thinking about this earlier. Like if you asked me where, or when I was growing up where I would live, like I definitely would not have told you Pennsylvania. Um, I, I grew up in New Jersey, um, and I actually ended up going to Westchester university for undergrad, um, where I majored in exercise science. It honestly wasn't until I would say my sophomore or junior year, that um, I decided I wanted to pursue being a physician assistant. So after graduating from undergrad in 2015, I took a gap year, which I'm sure we'll get to here at some point. Um, and then I went to Hofstra University's PA program where I graduated in 2018. Um, my first job out of PA school was actually as an internal medicine PA in a large hospital. Um, but currently I work as a gastroenterology PA, um, primarily outpatient, but some inpatient work as well. Okay. Nice. That's a nice little overview. Um, so you said that you kind of decided PA, I think like sophomore, junior year, did you, and, and that's actually most common. So PAEA does this study and they found that the majority of people actually decide on PA junior or senior year of college. Yeah. Um, so did you know what PA was going into college or what were your original goals that then shifted? Yeah, I did not actually. Um, I went into undergrad as an occupational therapy major and, um, between you and me, I like arbitrarily chose something in the healthcare fields. Um, my neighbor growing up was an OT and I was like, oh, she looks happy and seems to like her job. So let me just do that. Um, and then my sophomore year of college, I felt like I was kind of feeling like, I guess unfulfilled is the right word just by the classes I was taking. Um, and I was actually shadowing an OT in an orthopedic clinic at the time and I had the opportunity to meet one of the PAs there. And this was really like my first interaction with the PA. This was, I would say, the beginning of my junior year, maybe like mid-junior year. Like I had not been familiar with the field prior to this. And I was so blown away by just, you know, his role in the practice and the autonomy and their responsibility and like, you know, the, the mutual respect between he and the other providers in the group, I immediately was like, okay, this is what I want to do. So I, yeah, I, I definitely did not go into college in knowing about the field or, you know, keeping that in mind when choosing classes or a major or anything like that. Gotcha. Okay. So then, I mean, exercise science, I would think that would set you up pretty well for pre-PA stuff. Did you have it, to adjust anything? or was that pretty yeah, good? It wasn't bad actually. Um, and it was funny because after I had that rotation, I remember like going to my undergrad advisor and I was like, okay, I actually want to switch my major. I want to, um, I'm going to be a PA major. And she was like, we don't, we don't have that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was like, uh, think again. So I went home that summer and, you know, like spent the entire summer researching like how to be a PA, um, and like the prereqs and all those things. And I did actually have a good bit of them. Um, the only thing that I feel like I, I 
and granted, like with the exception of a few classes that I took over the summer, um, I had most of them, but the only thing that I feel like it didn't really set me up for was kind of the shadowing and the volunteer hours and the patient care hours. And, you know, as a junior in college, and I would imagine, you know, some people deciding this as a senior, that's where I felt most behind, um, at that point in the experience. Yeah. So did you feel like you had to take a gap year or was that more of a choice that you felt was just best for you in other ways? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, after I first decided I wanted to be a PA, I remember cold calling medical offices in my town, like ones that had physician assistants listed on the website. And I was sending my resume out to literally every single office, basically begging someone to let me shadow them. Um, and, you know, looking back on my first application cycle, this was like when I was senior in college, I sort of went into it underprepared, I would say. Um, you know, I hadn't finished all of my prerequisites. There were like a couple classes I was taking over the summer. So a couple pending on my CASPA application. Um, and, you know, I had some volunteer and shadowing hours, but it wasn't a ton. Um, so I think that, you know, ideally I would not have taken a gap year looking back. I, th- you know, I'm glad that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it worked out the way it was supposed to, um, it certainly hasn't affected me in my career now. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I was underprepared my first application cycle for sure. Okay. So you ended up applying twice. Yep. Is that right? Okay. Yep. What, um, can you tell us just kind of a little overview of both of those application cycles, like how many schools you may not remember and it's totally fine. Like how many schools you, Oh, I remember every detail. Okay, great. Um, what, and what the outcome was of those. And then we'll kind of get into like what you did in between to improve. Yeah. So my first year, um, despite feeling, like I said, underprepared, I had two interviews, um, that first year I was waitlisted at one program and I was rejected from the other program. Um, and I think, I mean, this was a really hard pill for me to swallow. And I think, you know, a lot of the students who I do mock interviews with feel the same way in that, you know, I had never really interviewed for something before and not gotten it right. It was definitely a humbling experience. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot kind of riding on these interviews. Um, so I kind of went into my gap year with more motivation than ever, you know, getting more patient care hours, finishing my prerequisite classes. Um, I had it at that point, it was my second job. I was working as a CNA in a hospital. I was doing volunteer hours. So, you know, that I could go into the next cycle as a stronger applicant, Um, and I think as a second year applicant, you sort of have this like palpable determination. And I think, you know, it stands out to programs. I mean, at that point, the the motivation is kind of undeniable, right? You have, you, or you feel like you have much less to prove because you're, you're coming at this again. It's very obvious that this is what you want to do. Um, so my second year I had several interviews. I think I had four interviews and I ended up getting into three of the four programs. Oh, nice. Okay. So definitely, definitely a big difference. Did better the second time. Um, Was there anything on your application that you felt either made you stand out or that you felt was a red flag to programs? Um, I definitely, I had a, I had a C in genetics. 
And I remember thinking like, this, it, this was not even a prerequisite for any of the programs. Okay. This was a class that um, I think my advisor told me I should take, this was like very early on in me deciding I wanted to, PA, to be a PA. And my, my advisor was like, you should take a genetics class. So I was like, okay, sure. So I remember this wasn't even a prereq for any of the programs I applied to. So in my head, I'm like, they're not going to mention this. It's irrelevant. No, they mentioned it at every single interview. Yeah. And I was, I remember thinking like, this wasn't even a prerequisite for your program. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would say I definitely, I definitely got good at explaining that one. Nice. Yeah. That's what I feel like they love to just like love it pick and like pull out the most random things yeah. and make you talk about them and remember that. Right. And nobody it, knows why. No. That's it. I don't know. So you've been doing mock interviews with us for a while now and <laughs> I don't know about you, but sometimes my husband will hear me doing them and he's like, those questions are ridiculous. Like they don't really ask that. Why would you? I was like, no, these are real questions. Yeah. Like did we didn't make them up. This up. <laughs> no, I know. I, I remember sometimes when I do the mock interviews, I'll tell them after when we're going through like our feedback, I'm like, they literally asked this question as ridiculous as it sounds. It seems yeah. like it's from left field. It seems yeah. so irrelevant, but yeah. 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 And that's, I, I can't always say why either, but you know, we're, we just do the best we can. Um, all right. So since you got to choose between PA programs, this is something that I feel like has been coming up more this cycle than any other cycle is people asking about choosing between programs. What, were your, what was your process of deciding which program after you got multiple acceptances? Yeah. So I think for me, it really came down to proximity to where I lived or to where my family was from. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned earlier, my family is from New Jersey. Um, my boyfriend at the time now, now my husband was also going to grad school in the North Jersey area. Um, so for me, I kind of wanted to stay close by also knowing that that's where I, you know, ultimately wanted to practice somewhere in the tri-state area. Um, so that's really what it came down to for me. Um, it was actually, I had committed to a school for like way upstate New York. Um, and then I was accepted off the wait list to Hofstra, which is where I ended up going. So that was just, that was just the closest one to, to where I wanted to be or where I wanted to end up. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that program? Kind of like how long it is, how many students? Oh gosh, sorry. My, yeah, no, that's okay. Delivery. <laughs> um, so I believe, so the program itself is two and a half years. So the first year is your didactic year. The second year is your clinical year. And then the, the half is the, like a research half year. So you do oh, a research project. Yeah. Um, the class size, I think we started with like, I want to say just less than 50. Okay. And I think we ended with like mid forties. Okay. Um, I hope I'm not botching that. I think that's right. I, I, think, <laughs> I think that's correct. Close enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Kind of mid-size class. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, um, is there anything, so I feel like looking at, uh, program websites, a lot of programs start to just look very similar and it can be hard to, you know, tell what, uh, something, what a program has that might be a little different or unique or special. Was there anything about your program that you feel like 
people would need to know about or that they might be like, oh yeah, that's cool. Maybe I want to look at them a little bit more. Yeah. One of the things I really liked about my program, and I remember this kind of interviewing and it really held true throughout the entirety of the program was that all of our um, professors were also still practiced clinically. That was really, really important to me. I think sometimes, you know, when we're doing these mock interviews, I look at the faculty on staff at some of the programs that the, you know, the potential applicants or the applicants are interviewing at, like looking through, I'm like, it's it, some of these, a lot of these aren't, you know, these people and certainly academia is, is a world of its own. Right. But I'm like, they only have one, one PA on their faculty. And to me, I was like, you know, I think now practicing as a PA, I appreciate it even more, you know, they were practicing and kind of instructing us at the same time, really just, you know, staying on the pulse of, of what it's like to be, you know, a clinician. And I think, you know, PA school, it's, it's not a long two and a half years sounds long, but it's not a long time um, to kind of jam pack the entirety of medicine into two and a half years. Um, And I think that, you know, what you learn in a book is not always how we exactly how we practice clinically. So having instructors that were practicing PAs and kind of still on the the clinical pulse, it was really, really helpful. Yeah. That is something that you can't always tell. Yeah. Um, but I, I also encourage like looking at faculty and seeing if yeah. you can kind of learn a little bit about them and, and get a feel for what they're doing. Yeah. I think that's helpful. Um, was, how did you do in PA school? Was it an easy transition for you? Did you struggle? What was that like? Um, so I think there was for sure an adjustment period. Um, so I had graduated college like the year prior cause I took that gap year. So I feel like I was a bit removed from the academic grind when I started, Um, And, you know, that aside, I think the first few months seemed extra challenging, mostly, you know, during that time, you're trying to get yourself into a routine and a rhythm, you know, and I think you go into PA school knowing that it's going to be academically challenging and require some mental, you know, toughness, but it takes time to get into the swing. Um, You know, I think for me personally, it was just about kind of nailing down study methods and time management strategies that worked for me. Um, and then of course, you know, when you get the hang of things, didactic year, everything changes for your clinical year. So <laughs> very true. It's, it's yeah. adjustment all over again. Yes. It's so fast. It just goes by very quickly. Bye bye. Um, being that you were somewhere where, you know, you chose to be kind of near family, um, was that something that was helpful to you or easy to kind of balance, um, you know, yeah outside of school life with study life? Um, how did you, cause some people move away and, and choose to, you know, be away from distractions and family. I kind of did like you and chose to be, you know, close to my support system. Um, but how did you handle that balance of school and life? So, yeah, I wasn't, so I was still about an hour and a half away from home. Okay. So That's I was not close yeah. enough where I could live at home. Um, although for some of my rotations in my clinical year, I did. Um, but you know, I liked being or knowing that I could go home for the weekend if I wanted to. Um, I think it was kind of a nice reprieve, um, 
but, you know, I, I was definitely far enough away where I felt like I, you know, could concentrate and, you know, kind of had my routine there and, you know, all that stuff. Just still able to focus. That's yeah. That's a, a good kind of, kind of buffer. Um, okay. So PA school, we kind of covered that. Um, did you always feel like you would go into kind of internal medicine and GI stuff or where did that interest come from? So it's really funny when I was doing my rotations, um, I really thought I wanted to do colorectal surgery. Um, and everyone was like, that is so random. Like, where did that come from? And then, um, you know, from there I sort of decided it was less so colorectal surgery, more so GI in general. Um, and I was pretty set on that, you know, through the second half of my clinical year. Um, and then when I graduated, I was like super eager to find a job and there were literally no GI jobs (laughs) where I wanted to practice. So, you know, GI is an internal medicine subspecialty. So I took an internal medicine job first and I worked there for about a year and a half. And I think, you know, that was the absolute best experience that I could have had. Um, I think it, you know, gave me so much insight and made me a better, you know, provider, a better GI provider. Um, so after about a year and a half of internal medicine, I transitioned to GI. Okay. Yeah. What can you show us uh, or tell us a little bit about kind of like what a day in the life of a GI PA looks like? Yeah. So, um, for the most part, I see, um, patients in the outpatient setting, although every now and then I do see patients, um, I do round on inpatients. So I can kind of take you through both because they're vastly different. Okay. Um, for an outpatient day, um, typically I start at 7:45. That's my first patient at 7:45. Um, so normally I get to work at like 7:30 ish. I take a look at everyone, um, you know, see if I'm seeing new consults or follow-ups. Um, and honestly, it's a, it's a pretty good mix of both every day. I would say, um, when I first started, I would get there like way earlier and go into the minutia of every, every single chart, yeah. but not so much anymore. You know, you, you get, you get better as you go. Yeah. Um, so I get there at like seven 30, I take a quick glance at everyone, see if I know the patients coming in or if they're new. Um, we have at our group, we have 30 minutes per visit. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, and I think part of that is because we're like a a specialty. So I think we get a bit more time. Um, so see patients from seven 45 to 11 45, and then we have, you know, lunch. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think it's more for the staff. I I don't think I've ever taken like a formal, (laughs) a formal lunch. I usually eat and chart. Yeah. Um, I try my very best to do my charts immediately after or do my notes immediately after I see the patient, just because everything is fresh and I can remember, um, it usually works pretty well. Um, and then in the afternoon I see seven more patients and then that's it. And then I go home. Um, we don't do a ton of procedures in the office. Um, you know, GI wise, it's the majority of stuff we do requires, you know, anesthesia. So all of those procedures get scheduled um, and get done at our procedure centers. So that's, that's a day in the outpatient office. Um, a lot of poop talk, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're always like, do you, do you enjoy talking about this? Um, 
And then when I see patients, you know, in the inpatient setting, um, it's, you know, we run or we're, we're part of a, a consult service. So we don't admit our own patients to the hospital, uh, but we're consulted for um, a bunch of different admitted patients. So that could, the amount of consults we get is, could change, you know, by the minute. Um, sometimes it's a little bit slower. Sometimes it's a little bit busier and there are more, you know, emergent consults, procedures that need to be done emergently, things like that. Um, so it's different. It's a good mix. I like doing both inpatient and outpatient. It gives you a, a kind of good mix of best of both worlds. Yeah. It doesn't get too boring. Um, what would you say is your kind of level of autonomy or level of collaboration? And is that kind of something you're happy with? Yeah. So I, I am feel very, very grateful to say that I, I really love the group I work with. Um, it is myself and then two nurse practitioners and we just hired another PA. Um, so I am the, the second most senior APC. There was one nurse practitioner who started before me. Um, and we have, I think it's a, a really good mix. So I have a ton of autonomy in terms of, you know, seeing my patients, making clinical decisions, you know, um, plans, you know, I, I really have been able to, or, you know, my group has really allowed me to sort of build my own practice, which is really, really nice. Um, nice. But I will say, you know, there is definitely this sort of unconditional support. Um, you know, I know that at any time, even sometimes I'm in the office, so, you know, I'm the only provider in the office, but, you know, I can call anyone at any time. Like there is no question that is too silly or, um, or anything. So I, I feel like that sort of environment has actually helped to foster my autonomy because it's allowed me, you know, having that comfortability and knowing that I can, you know, reach out to anyone at any time has sort of allowed me to, to be more confident in making clinical decisions because I know that I, I do have that support to fall back on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in a similar environment and it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not always, you know, I, I have friends who, who I graduated with who are practicing PAs and that is not always the, the environment. So it's, it's, in, and you don't know until you start. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think one of my top priorities was having that relationship and environment where I felt really supported, even yeah. if that meant giving up the specialty or, you know, exactly. other things exactly. kind of, I, I yeah. think for PAs, that is a really should be a high priority. I agree. Um, I agree. And I, I think, you know, there are so many things to consider when you're taking a job, especially, you know, if you're right out of PA school and this is going to be your first job, it's like, you know, so many factors to consider, but I think that finding, especially, well, I was going to say, especially if you're working outpatient, but honestly, it's just as important if you're working inpatient as well. You know, I think that finding a, a supportive group and having, you know, attending physicians who you are able to, you know, build a relationship with and whom you trust and who trust you yeah. and who you respect as a colleague is top, top priority. Yeah, for sure. It just makes work life so much better too. Yeah. You spend, um, a, you, you spend a lot of time at work. Yeah. I mean, I spend more time at work during a week than I spend at home. So it, it's nice to like the, your coworkers. And enjoy it. Yes. Um, well, and now I know you've been with us for a while doing mock interviews and helping out with 
um, coaching. And so what kind of made you want to get involved with that and reach out and, and give yeah. back to the pre-PA community a little bit more? Yeah. So I think I've always really liked mentoring, um, you know, even when I've sort of onboarded or not onboarded, I guess, you know, helped to train two APCs that joined our group after me. Um, and I really enjoy it. I think that it's, you know, it's a unique experience to be able to sort of share what you know with someone else. Um, so I think I've really always been interested in that. Um, and when I was applying to PA school the second time I did a mock interview, um, and I thought it was so helpful. So I think that, you know, when I was sort of doing my research and seeing what I can do and in the way of mentoring, this was sort of an obvious choice. Um, and I really enjoy it. I feel like I get super into like, um, I just get super into the, the students that I do the mock interviews for. I'm like super invested. Yeah. Like, it's really, gotta, fun. you know, I become like, I'm like, I am the, the cheer mom. I'm like, that's yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, like those messages and emails are my favorite. When, somebody- when they message me and they're like, oh my God, and I'm like, yes. I, I did like the part that I played was like so small, but I'm like, I am here for this. That's what I tell them. I'm like, it was all you. And I honestly just appreciate that you took the time out of your day and that I was on your list. Like your grandma, your parents and me. I hope I was the last person that you told, but honestly, like I get so happy when I get those emails. (laughs) Yes. And that, that to me, like, I think that's what's like kept me doing it for so long is just that. And the, like the PA community and just it's like so small, but so supportive yeah. and agreed. And yeah. I like, you know, it, it is such a huge, massive accomplishment. And sometimes when I get those emails, I don't really know even how to, to express my yes. congratulations in a way that feels equivalent to what they've just accomplished. And I'll tell my husband, I'm like, this girl just gone to PA school. He's like, cool. You <laughs> <laughs> get it. This is a big deal. Yeah, that's what I, I show my husband the messages too. <laughs> but He's like, okay. Like we all did this together. Yeah. Even yeah, though, exactly. again, we had like very small parts in it. Minutia. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I feel like doing them now with people. I'm like, oh man, you are such a better applicant than I was. And you're so much cooler than me. And Savannah. so much well-prepared. How do you do it? I'm telling you. I have told my husband, I've told, you know, the, the PA that we just hired has actually been practicing for like 20 years. Oh wow! Um, and we talk about this all the time. Like, I was like, I don't genuinely know if I would get into PA school today. I'm like, yeah. these applicants are, you know, the, the academic achievements, you know, their, their volunteer experience or patient care experience. I am blown away. Oh, good. Yeah. How do you have the time? Yeah. That's what I want to say. Yeah. They get so much done in such short periods. And then, yeah. And there's a lot of them. Like I get to, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have like, I wish they were in my class. Like that would have been really cool. Like we would have been friends and you would be so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And I think too, you know, now that PA is becoming, I mean, it's certainly more well-known than when I was in school, you know, I didn't know what a PA was until I was a junior in college. Like now, you know, students have such a leg up because they're going in freshman year knowing that this is what they want to do. Right. And then they have yeah. four years to sort of make yeah. it happen. Yeah. And I mean, there are still, I think, plenty of non-traditional, but it has become much more. I've gotten over the past year, probably 
so many more emails and messages from high school students. Wow. What can I do right now in high school to prepare me for, you know, before I even get to college. And I'm always like, like, first thing I always send back is like, I am so proud of you for being on top of this. Like I am so, I love it. I didn't even, I didn't even know which way was up in high school. Yeah. yeah. My, um, my husband is a, a TA at a university and he, um, one of his classes last year, he, you know, they had to write on blackboard, like, what does everyone want to do? It was a genet, like a gen ed class. And it, no joke. It was like a hundred student lecture. 50 people were like, I want to be a PA. I'm trying to be a PA. And he was like, you got to see this. I couldn't even believe it. He's like, I can hook you up with the yeah. right <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> Let me help you. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it is cool just to see more people learning about the profession and wanting to pursue it. And yeah, yeah it, it is really cool. Yeah. I like, I like what we do. It's fun. <laughs> So I, I, I honestly couldn't imagine doing anything else at this point. Yeah. Um, a lot of my friends have jobs, you know, I always say regular jobs and I don't know what I mean by that. But when I, when I think about what my friends I know do, what you mean. I'm like, oh, they have a job where they go to work in a building. Yeah. An office building. They have a job. It's like what my sister does. And I don't actually know what I don't know what it is. I don't know what Every it is day, like all day, but like she, I'm like, I they don't do know what you they do. have meetings. They have meetings. Right. They emails, they like do lots of things. I don't know exactly what, but I always call it, you know, a regular job. Yeah. Yeah. If I had, you know, another, I couldn't imagine having any other job to be honest. Yeah. yeah I couldn't either. And I, yeah. PA, PA, I think was a good choice. And that's something like, I feel like PAs in general, when you talk to them, they're all so happy with their decision. Yeah, too. I agree. Um, I've rarely met a PA who's like, no, I wish I didn't do this. Yeah. So I know. I, think I agree. You made a good call. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of yeah. your night to talk to me um, when you could probably be doing a mock interview. But um, no, this is so fun. Yeah. And so I'll. Um, um, tell everybody kind of where to find you your information's on the website and all yeah absolutely I, so they can find I, I don't have an instagram I feel like I'm the only PA these days like up an instagram <laughs> <laughs> like listen no one wants to hear about about poop talk all day so they might actually but <laughs> I'm not